Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. My brothers and sisters in Christ, join us every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Brother Brandon Berg or Father Berg, I, I, I interchange them sometimes because now you are officially ordained into, so now you are a father, but I still call you brother. I like it rolls off brother Brandon Berg, three B's, triple B we'll call you. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's been a few months. We just talking maybe five to six months. Yeah. Thanks Roger. Yeah. Great to be on your uh, podcast again, Faith, Reasoning, Geekdom. And it has been a while since I've been here, but uh, today's the day. Thanks for having me. And so, should we consider you a toddler priest? How long has it been that you've been a priest now? <laughs> Yo, that's what I was calling myself. So, yeah, it's been uh, two years and uh, a month. So, yeah, two-year-old toddler. So, yeah, getting 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 a few things figured out. Can almost walk on my own. So. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> and last time you were on the podcast, it was just me. So now we have a new addition. My co-host good friend dusty garza so now uh bigger and better podcast yes. so good to have you back on the the first new rendition i guess you can say of the podcast so this will be the first time we're recording uh all three of us so this will be a good special episode we're going to get into prayer but not just prayer the franciscan style of prayer maybe some styles or way to pray helps tips from any of the great uh franciscan Capuchins. Well, yeah, that's good that you're talking about that, Raj, because if you look at the catechism of the Catholic Church, there are several types of prayers. Not all prayers are the same. Well, I think we talked about this recently in one of our Sheen classes. There's adoration and worship, you know, where you exalt the greatness of God and we acknowledge our dependence on him. Um, then there's petition, which is the types of prayers that most of us probably ask God for something and we we have spiritual and physical needs and things like that so that that's petition then we have intercession where we are praying for others it's a it's another form of petition but they're like important enough to be considered their own type of prayer within our catholic faith intercession is a prayer of petition which leads us to pray as Jesus did in a prayer of intercession we're not concerned with our needs but with the needs of others okay so and then we have thanksgiving that's number 4 and we have one more after this thanksgiving is perhaps the most neglected type of prayer among catholics by the I think way I would agree. yeah we 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 pray grace before meals and it's a good example of the prayer of thanksgiving but we should be in the habit of perhaps thanking God a little bit more throughout the day for all the good things that happened to us and others. And then finally, we have praise. The prayers of praise acknowledge God for what he is. Uh, as the Catechism of the Catholic Church notes, praise lauds God for his own sake and gives him glory quite beyond what he does, but simply because he is. Hmm. So, now, if we're getting into this other type of prayer, I'm really interested where Father Brandon is going to take us. Um, Father Brandon, what what can you share with us about the Franciscan type of prayer? Yeah, I love the catechism for its uh, simplicity and succ succ succinctness. 
Is that, mm, did I yes. say that right? That's a good like, word. Yeah. Don't ask me. I'm not yeah. good. As Dusty will attest, <laughs> pronouncing words is not my strong shoot. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, I, uh, so uh, in the whole giant topic of Franciscan prayer, I'm really only going to touch on the subset of Capuchin Franciscan prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's what I know best. So, so if you're wondering what's the difference between a Capuchin and a Franciscan, so all the Capuchins are Franciscans, but not all the Franciscans are Capuchins. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. That's like the Catholic so, Christian kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well done. Um, so St. Francis died in 1226, and he had lots of followers uh, at his death, and, and the order grew uh, exponentially almost uh, for even hundreds of years. And then in the 1500s, there was so much reform in the air. Uh, that's the time of, of Martin Luther and all the reforms that were happening in governments and in the church. And so the Capuchins, excuse me, uh, we came along in this period of reform in 1536. So 300 years after St. Francis is when the Capuchins were born. And we focused on, among other things, uh, contemplative prayer. Uh, Mm -hmm. Life can get very busy, even for a Franciscan friar. (laughs) We can be pulled in lots of directions. We can get uh, wrapped up in ministry or all kinds of good things, you know. But the Lord uh, calls us and the example of St. Francis calls us as Capuchins back to this like long, loving look of contemplative prayer. The other thing. So that's the that's the first one. The other one is uh, there's a, a line from our all of the different religious orders are. Uh, governed by uh, some, uh, like the United States has the constitutions. All the different religious orders have their constitutions. And there's a line in our constitutions that says that uh, Capuchin prayer is affective, a prayer of the heart. And that's so important to me because I often try to keep prayer in my head. (laughs) And that like thinking about God or knowing the right things about God, all of which is very important. We just talked about the catechism, right? All these things we can know about God, all these different ways to know and praise him. But then the the Franciscan prayer, Capuchin prayer is affective, like more of a prayer of the heart, right? Involving feelings, involving uh, expressions of love. Uh, involving uh, deep longing, uh, involving like fulfilling the yearnings that we have in our hearts. So deeply, deeply emotional. And I'm glad you said that because uh, what I was going to ask you is like, for those who don't know Franciscan Capuchins, like who are some of the famous ones? So you went to St. Francis, of course, and that was good. But also um, speaking of emotion and the heart, I've been listening to Hallow have this series on Mm. Padre Pio the probably one of the most famous ones right if not saint francis i don't know who's who would win but it's not a competition but those two when you say your pacific order padre pio tell me about the emo how did he do it with the emotion and also tell us what is contemplative prayer for those well again we're catholic so we don't know what some of a lot of us don't know how to pray we're never taught if you hear that over and over it's like wait i didn't know this about poorly catechese what is contemplative prayer and can you tell us on the emotion of padre pio's when you talk about the heart you know the the thing that comes to mind with padre pio is uh so before he had the the visible stigmata uh he had this other like uh catholic nerd term like the transverberation of the heart 
So during wow. prayer, so he would be praying by himself uh, in the quiet, in the chapel. Uh, he had the appearance of the angel. I think it actually happened to him when he was hearing confession one time <laughs> with uh, the other like schoolboys or the young Capuchins or something. And he like uh, was like writhing in pain and nobody knew what was going on. Anyways, so he had this vision uh, of the of an angel and this angel came and like stabbed him with like a big glowing sword, like right through his heart. Oh, like basically ouch. like, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like but it, but it, it was like him. spiritual, right? So he, if you'd, uh, if he'd have died and you open up his heart, it wouldn't have looked wounded. Right. If in, and there was nothing to see from the outside. Right. It wasn't it wasn't the external thing that would soon happen when he received the, the actual stigmata, which was visible to the to the eyes. Right. This was like an interior thing, like a wounding of the heart. Like uh, it's basically like God, like uh, hurting us so bad that the only thing that will heal us is God. <laughs> it's like hmm. uh, like when you eat spicy foods, it's like the only thing thing that will make it feel better is like more spicy food you know it's like uh so god comes and like wounds us right but only only to heal us and and, and to fulfill us eventually right so um you know we do have a lot of like letters of padre pio but uh those are more like advice to lay people like i actually don't know i don't think he wrote a lot about his kind of like uh internal spiritual prayers i mean the brothers talk about of course how he had to like fight satan in the middle of the night in his cell um but he received even this uh almost like an affective wounding from god before he got the the physical wounding on his uh bearing the five wounds of christ so i've heard one of the prayer of padre pio uh and i can't repeat all of it but he it's almost like a litany almost he says jesus stay with me and he just keeps kind of, you know, almost like a litany style. And then Jesus stay with me. Um, so I really like that one. It, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I've just learned it recently. I, th- I thought it was good. Dusty, what were you going to say? No, I, I think that's very interesting. I had no idea that he had had this experience before yeah. um, the physical manifestation of the stigmata. That's, that's, that's really kind of very spiritual, very cool. Yeah, I did. And I'm a Catholic nerd. And I didn't even know that. that's very nerdy. Like, I was like, what? I think I might have heard of that. But I don't even know. But what is so the Franciscan style and the Capuchin style is contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, dig into that. What is that? Walk us through that. You know, I think the first thing I want to say about it is like, uh, it, it's quiet. Uh, you know, uh, we can pray rosaries. Uh, we can, you know, Padre Pio would pray you know, he would lose count, right? How many groceries <laughs> he was praying in a day. It's amazing, right? Wow. Uh, we can pray divine mercy chaplets. Uh, there's praise and worship music. There's, uh, you know, charismatic prayer, all these wonderful things, uh, especially Capuchin contemplative prayer is, is silent. Um, no music, no Gregorian chant, no praise and worship, just just quiet. That's hard for our modern culture. Culture, uh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hard for us. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, and it, you know, because uh, like if I'm gonna do like 30 minutes of meditation, uh, it it normally takes about 20 minutes just to get out of my head or or to get the head to quiet down. And to come into my heart and to like realize I'm with Jesus uh, and to begin to talk to him like from the heart. Uh, 
you know and because yeah noise uh you know the the brain is not like uh it's not like the other parts of the body that get tired and sleep like the brain just all the time right that's what dreams are right that's why yeah. we have because our brain is going all the time like you know even during the middle of the night so wh- one of the things i use to help me with that i i still do to this day is uh if i'm gonna go and, and be serious about my prayer time i like to have something uh, oftentimes what happens in my mind is like a list of the things I have to do that day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like 15 <laughs> minutes into it, I'm thinking about, you know, am I going to put that chicken on the grill at four 30 or am I going to put that on at five? And it's like, no, that's yeah. not prayer. It's like, okay, come back. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what, what <laughs> food. I do is food. I, a lot of people yeah. go to food. What, yeah, uh, what outfit am I going to wear? Like, oh wait, it's all the same. <laughs> like, like exactly. well, which one though? Like you have a whole right. closet filled with the Brown, uh, what are they called? Uh, what's the term? Um, habit yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of habits right yeah. which one habit brain. am i gonna wear yeah. Yeah. so in, anyways what i want to say is like uh keep keep a small piece of paper or a notebook or it can even be like uh uh the message uh um function of your cell phone the cell phone is a little more dangerous to start clicking on things but the point is like something to write down your distractions right so if you're distracted by uh, the kids, you know, write, write down, okay, Tiano, Tommy needs his medicine at five, right? If you're distracted by work, it's like, okay, I got to send that email to Julie. You know, for me, if it's I'm distracted by cooking or I have mass in the evening, it's okay, write down, I got to, so, and then take another breath and just go back to like, to, to trying to talk to Jesus from your heart, you know, like uh, seeing him, uh, letting him see you, uh, knowing that you're loved, uh, telling him that you love him, uh, asking him uh, to be able to love him more, uh, those kind of things. And then it just like, and then it continues, right? As the relationship grows, it deepens when you learn how to speak to God, to speak to Jesus. When you learn to hear his voice, it's kind of like a muscle that gets stronger over time. So are you listening back for him? I know when I, one of the things that's happened to me probably in the last couple of years in my own prayer life is when I need guidance or when I have questions about which way I should turn left or right in life. Yeah. Um, I go to adoration and I sit there quietly and I really, really like try to have that personal relationship with God. And eventually like I just started noticing that God speaks pretty loudly to me that he doesn't whisper. He he has a, a very loud voice. And I've said this before on the podcast, but I was, when I was raised uh, Catholic, I, I had two wonderful nuns who were from Ireland, who were my catechism teachers. And they used to say, when two people come, come at you, they don't <laughs> know each other. And they say the same thing. That's usually God talking to you. <laughs> and I and I and I've grown up with that belief that you know two strangers may come up to you after you pray something and they might kind of give you what you're looking for that answer or say something that clues you in right <laughs> but how how what how does that play into it father brandon like you're yeah. you're doing all that type of prayer are you are you hearing anything back in all that silence mm. Uh, to be honest, uh, I, I sometimes forget to, to listen or I like it'll be like, you know, 20, 25, 30, even longer in. It's like, oh, yeah, wait, listen. <laughs> so, uh, 
you know, I, I know in myself and probably others, like our natural instinct is, is to talk and talk and talk and talk. And that's good. Right. You know, God's a good listener. He's very patient, you know, but yeah, very beautiful what you're saying. Right. Yeah. He wants to, he's alive and speaking to us. Um, I, there are a couple of times in my life I, I have heard, uh, uh, a somewhat audible, more of like a hearing it with my body or my soul, like God speaks specific yeah. words. Uh, these days it's more like, uh, like an inclination or, um, or, or when I look back over like mm, something I'm struggling with this week and then I'll go pray next week and I'll look back and be like, Oh, you know, God got me through that this way. Um, yeah, ideally to be in a relationship, uh, relationships shouldn't just be one-sided. So yeah, we should be leaving time for God to speak back to us. Um, and then, you know, there's an analogy um, actually here in San Antonio, this uh, Ron Rollheiser, one of the famous Oblates of Mary Immaculate. So he has this analogy where uh, let's like say your grandma is uh, in a nursing home and you live in the same town with her and you go to see her every single day. Right. And she's so used to you that she usually falls asleep when she's with you. Right. But you stay there for the whole hour. Yeah. And you're with grandma. Right. But then your brother comes from out of town. Right. And he's only in town once or twice a year. So your mom you know, or your grandma in the nursing home. Oh, you know, grandson is oh, here. Mijo. She wakes oh, up mijo. and she's all <laughs> talkative for the whole hour. Right. And everything. So it's Ay, like, right. who, who has the better relationship with grandma? Right. Yeah. Hmm. Almost prodigal son style, right? That's like, right. That's what like, I was hey, thinking. That's how come, Dad, you didn't do that? And he's like, son, you've been here. Everything I've had is yours. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good side too. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think one of the one of the uh, one of the passages, one of the points on the journey of contemplative prayer is that it becomes less vocal, right? Mm. Even in silence, even when you're only speaking with the heart. Uh, it it comes to a point where it's just like heart beating with heart, you know, mm. or 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 soul resting with soul, or or mind resting with mind. You know, it's like where you can just find that kind of like wordless rest in God, and just know that He sees you, and that you see Him, and that you love each other, and that you're in a relationship, and that um that that you're God's beloved um is. Yeah, so so the words are part of it, the speaking and the listening, um, and I think all of that uh, is just a uh, uh, steps on the path to a to a wordless uh, embrace of love. You know, um, recently the Catholic world had has been in a buzz the recent uh, Shia LaBeouf conversion and Bishop Barron and many other people. John Bernthal's had him on the show, and he says something that you were kind of touching on silence i remember in this one line i believe it was with bishop baron he says about he didn't know how to pray and the franciscans which interesting enough you 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 were telling us that you you know some of the brothers that he was talking about in in california and some of those brothers helped him to pray and he has this one line where he says something about he they just tell him go over there you know go in adoration or go in silence and just just stay in silent and he didn't know how to do it and he was like He finally got, he got into the groove and he's like, silence leads to good thoughts. Good thoughts lead to good actions, but it all starts with that silence Mm. or you're there. And of course you're, he's saying, he's thinking about this, but then all of a sudden, once he gets it down more or less, he starts hearing good thoughts come through 
you know, like call your mom, I think is one of the mm-hmm. ones he says. Yeah. And so silence leads to good thoughts. Good thoughts lead to good actions. So, yeah, I like that you touched on what he was kind of talking about, mm-hmm. spending time with all these Franciscans. Yeah, I mean, I especially as a Capuchin, I really think that's our gift to the world is, is silence. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say celebrities, converting celebrities. Like, <laughs> well, that's our oh, gift. We're, that's we specialize in gift. converting <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> right. Uh, yes, but through <laughs> silence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's fascinating because we, uh, I think we talked about this a little bit in person, Father Brandon. I, I know Shia. Shia was a client at one of the talent agencies that I was employed at or that I worked with. And his mom was is a beautiful soul. She's very spiritual, but she's kind of like a hippie dancing <laughs> Jewish lady. And he mentions it. And, yeah. <laughs> and 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 Shia from the from the word go Shia is just this amazingly talented kid who comes into the yeah. talent agency when he's a little guy and he says i want to be an actor and teresa <laughs> who was who was in charge of the of the agency we used to call her t uh, at the beverly hecht agency this happened um she says well does your mom know you're here because you, you, who did you come with you need to you need to take an audition right and so he says oh my uncle brought me so he she gives him some reading material and he reads and right from the word go she said you know this is the most talented kid has ever walked into my office he's obviously born with this gift he has this amazing career but he gets into trouble and he yeah. became, uh, we 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 used to say, you know, oh, Shia is getting called to the principal's office again because he <laughs> he would get called over to Spielberg's uh, office at DreamWorks. DreamWorks just thought the world of this kid had him down for a multi-picture deal. They wanted him to be the next Indiana Jones, and then he's getting in trouble on the set for Transformers and stuff because of his drinking, and his whole career just pummeled pummeled. It just just plummeted down yeah and and then and somehow by the grace of god he ends up with some of your friends some of the franciscans in california as he's researching the role which he's going to be playing and we we god i'd love to have shia on the a podcast when the movie comes out oh but yeah that'd he, be amazing. Um, he he ends up sort of finding this community of the franciscans and uh he talks about the fact that he would or i think actually you told me the franciscans the friends of yours told 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 you told me or they told you that they they would see him come to mass right and then he wouldn't leave he would just kind of stick (laughs) around and stick around a little bit longer and longer and he kept just hanging out hanging out and through this he received this beautiful um prayer Prayer, example yeah Yeah, like this this amazingness of perhaps it was i'd like to think that it was an adoration um the love of my life had 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 a similar experience when she went to adoration for the first time uh and she felt god you know she felt like wow i've been hopping from one christian church to another and Mm -hmm. this is where i really actually feel god and i think shia kind of describes the same thing like all of a sudden all this peace came upon him and all this tumult and 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 just all the stuff that was going on for him was was so destructive and um and i'm wondering what 
what what do you think happens at a place like the, that Franciscan community? What did you experience? I mean, you you had a choice. You had a calling to become a priest. Was there something spiritual there that that attracted you more than, say, becoming an oblate or somebody else or you know something else? Yeah. What do I want to say about that? Yeah, I mean, I I think you know what <clears throat> what touched me about the Capuchins. So I'll like when I first uh, started to spend time with the Capuchins, it was a weekend retreat uh, at one of their friaries. And I felt like they were brothers to each other, and I felt like they were my brother. So it in kind of in a nutshell, I that's my interpretation of of uh, what Shia one of the several of the things that Shia LaBeouf said on the on his interview with Bishop yeah. Barron. He's like, I'm hanging out with these guys. Uh, I'm talking to Father James. He's got these huge hands. He's <laughs> making me feel safe. Uh, I'm eating their ice cream. They're telling me jokes. I'm petting <laughs> their cat. You know, it's like. It, it wasn't anything extraordinary. Yeah. No, it was just being a ice brother, cream and right? a cat, <laughs> yeah. hanging out with this guy, like eating food with him, telling him jokes, like and sharing they weren't life asking together. anything of him. They, he, I remember him saying they weren't yeah. as, asking anything, weren't selling me anything. <laughs> right. And he just yeah. felt comfortable. He felt that love that God gives us. You know, I think it, it's a, a that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I, I had a priest who earlier this year told me, you know uh you we see a lot in and especially in the latino community and i saw this even last night i went to a presentation at a church and this church roger and i were talking about uh saint mary magdalene's um seems to have there's something special about that community there there's a lot of latino people there and they were involved in praying the rosary after this presentation that was done there and while i was in line to go to um to, to, to go to reconciliation it was a very long line like an hour but the entire time i was in line i was praying the rosary with them and you could just tell there's this devotion this amazingness but one priest said to me you know that's sort of like repetitive prayer people pray it like they're putting money in a in a in a candy machine or in a vending machine hoping to get something back how about just having a relationship with God, like getting to the point where you can pray, which is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Where you are having a relationship with God without praying the repetitive prayers and so forth and so on. And, and, and and for me, I think the truth has become since having that conversation that there's a place and a time for each of those uh, types Of of prayers. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you weigh in on that? father brandon i mean you're you're the guy you're like the expert here we got a priest on let's hear your mm-hmm. thoughts well, on not it. just a priest we got a cool like if you of course is audio <laughs> with the brown the habit just like friar chuck style i think yeah, the like, so cool this guy's like a jedi priest, so yeah you there know? you go there you go. yeah jedi <laughs> like a jedi knight yeah yeah and thanks, you know saint mary magdalene's very well that's where i first saw you yeah yeah no dusty i mean i guys i think that's exactly that's uh what you were saying was the place i tried to start out with right that uh rosaries chaplets uh chant music uh praise and worship music all of that is good and it has its time and place yeah i think specifically our gift my gift as a capuchin franciscan priest is uh the silent contemplative prayer that like you said moves away from a lot of talking uh, a lot of uh 
quid pro quo, you know, tit for tat, like, God, I need this, you know, all that. We need to pray for people. Don't get me wrong. Please intercede. Please pray for me. <laughs> but also we need to just spend quiet time with God and in a kind of uh, wordless, uh, loving, a kind of uh, expressing of, of uh, feelings of love asking for the love to grow within us, uh, resting in, in God's embrace those times. Yeah. Do you have any tips for somebody who's not used to that? They're only used to vocal prayer, as we call it, the prayers of church, which is good mm-hmm. when you can't get in that mindset. It's good to at least, you know, raise your mind to God and say those words. But somebody who wants to be like, I want to do that. I want to get in more of the, uh, you know, the Franciscan sure. style, the contemplative. Do you have any tips for first timers trying yeah. to get in that mode? Um, the, the the most privileged place to do that is in the presence of the Eucharist. Mm. Right? So it doesn't have to be if your church doesn't have Eucharistic adoration, that's fine. Uh, you know, if the pastor or the janitor or somebody can let you just <laughs> into the church, just to sit yeah. anywhere in the pews where you can see the tabernacle and know that that Jesus, that God is there with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can't do that, uh, any place quiet. Uh, mm. Okay. It can be your room. It can be nature. It can be the park. It can be maybe you have to put. Uh, uh, I was going to say headphones, but there's another word. Uh, earplugs in. You know, maybe you have to go in your basement. I don't. You know, it, it can be hard <laughs> to find a, a quiet place. Or right? in Texas, what's a basement? Right. Yeah. right. Uh, well, you know. Yeah. The, the three. The three of us. You've heard uh, of them. Right? <laughs> the three of us had gone to a place. Matter of fact, this is the very first time I met you, Father Brandon where roger and i feel that there's something really special about this place yeah and the world is full of places like this they're very you know there are very famous places like the wailing wall and places like that yeah but we feel and we've had the experience that this place uh, which is a grotto uh, mm-hmm. at, at the oblate um college uh here in San yeah. Antonio. they have this beautiful grotto the tepeyac grotto um there's something special about that place. And 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 I and I like the idea of staying home, right? And putting my headsets yeah. on or being quiet. But there's also like this power to actually drive down there, go out of the way, go there, sit there quietly. Yeah. And even if you're just sitting there quietly, yeah. there's this there's this energy at that place that is so beautiful and so amazing. And um and and, and I really uh i'm i'm happy that that i moved here to texas to experience that um there was a place similar to that at a retreat center that 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 we had in san antonio interestingly it also was a grotto but have have you experienced or or do you know of places like that or is there any value are we just making that up? Like, are we telling ourselves the story that this place is special or or are there special places where people can pray Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what, tell us a little bit about that. What's been your experience as far as. Yeah. Well, let me, uh, I'd like to finish uh, with Roger's question. Uh, just got two more things. So the, the tips on oh, beginners yeah, yeah. for contemplative prayer yeah, one yeah, yeah. is, uh, if you can get anywhere in a church, uh, with the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, uh, number two, uh, silence, uh, silent in the church or or silent in anywhere else that you can find. Uh, number three uh, is something I already talked about, which is um, bring a little piece of paper or your 
The cell phone can be dangerous again. A journal. It, better is like a piece of paper or a notebook or your journal to, to write down distractions that come, right? If your mind starts going through lists of stuff you have to do, just write it down and then just return to, to listening, return to talking to Jesus. And then um, the fourth tip is to set a timer uh, mm. and don't give up until the timer goes off, right? Start out small, right? Like mustard Work seed, up. right? Yeah. I love that mustard seed analogy, right? Yeah. Or like lifting weights, right? You can't bench press 400 pounds your first day, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Don't Wait, go to adoration can't? for four hours on your first time, right? You know, start small, right? Even five minutes, right? It's small, yeah. right? Because it gets bigger up. over time. Uh, you know, m- maybe you want to start out 15 or a half hour. But if you can, you know, most people have a cell phone and most cell phones have a timer. If you can have some other kind of timer, set a timer and don't don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up until that time. Even if you think the timer broke and you're never going to get there, right? (laughs) don't give up. Right. (laughs) So four things, set a timer, uh, write down your distractions, uh, look for quiet and look to be in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. So what I feel what I sense from what you're saying is oh, similar to what Dusty was saying. It seems like environment's a big part of that, right? Like you talk about, you know, if you go into the uh, adoration with the Eucharist, if you can't go to adoration, just get in a church. If you can't do that, uh, get the distractions out of the way, right? So I guess environment is a good tip to try to get contemplative, you know, don't go into like the best buy section of the big screens. You're not going to get there. You don't go somewhere like that. Noisy uh. <laughs> environment seems to, to help with our bodies because we're material creatures kind of get right. in the mode of contemplative prayer. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Like you can, don't get me wrong. You can pray anywhere, right? You yeah. can pray in the big screen section of Best Buy, right? But it'd be hard. <laughs> please, God, I want the 78-inch <laughs> TV, please, HD. Right. Or it's something you, else you, now, LED right. or whatever. You, right. You could pray at a at a nightclub, right? A discotheque, <laughs> right? But <laughs> it'd be hard to have contemplative prayer <laughs> yeah. in those situations. So. I, I remember doing that when i was a teenager uh, oh wow uh, really? nightclub <laughs> i'm just kidding i was about to say um, like, the song well, comes on with someone please the, the please please lord let sky. her say yes when i ask her <laughs> yeah. to dance but oh yeah but but going back to that you know yeah, let's go yeah. let's go back to that topic of special places for sure, prayer that's you, what you, you said a thousand percent you were on board that there are yeah. special places mm-hmm. like that what makes that happen yeah what is that huh I mean, I, I guess the, the obvious answer is God, right? I don't, you know, God, God was born in a certain place, you know, God, uh, loves, uh, the mountains of Israel, right. Above other places. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, there, there's a thing that I learned, um, uh, during my college days, um, about the, what the Irish call thin places, right. So mm. like your oblate school, like your Lord's you know, like your, you know, your cemetery or somewhere special and sacred. It's like, right. There are just places where like the separation between us and God is, is thinner. Right. Wow. Yeah. We feel closer. Wow. I like that. That makes sense. Thin place. Yeah. Yeah. Because it makes sense. You know what it could be also too. It's, 
if there's a certain area where people constantly take their prayers, their supplication, right. their thanksgiving, like the grotto, like people are constantly walking around praying the rosary, they're praying, they're lighting candles, there's holy water. So yeah, that's it could be. And then there's the uh, cemetery, which is hollowed ground, right? Mm -hmm. Cemeteries are considered hollow ground. So all that combined makes it like what you said, I like that a thin place. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you, that's very interesting that we're talking about that. One uh, recently, I've had to pray a lot. There's been a lot going on in my life, and I've had a lot of tumult. As Roger and and you yeah. both, Father Brandon, know, and um, and I uh, obviously one of the one of the the prayers that we have is uh, in a, in the Catholic Church is being in communion with saints and having those people that are in heaven pray for us yeah. you know we have we often say you know saint joseph pray for us saint mary intercession pray for us. intercession right and at that place that very special place the grotto yeah. right to the right of it right not far away there is a cemetery in which there are hundreds probably of oblate priests from mm. around the world throughout history going back to the 1800s that are buried there and one day I decided to go there and I was really desperate for something to happen for, for, for help for intercession. And, um, and I don't know if this was right or wrong, but I, it, my faith told me that I should go there. And I, and I sat and I looked at some of the tombstones, the grave markers there. And, uh, and I started to pray for the intercessions of all those holy men who were buried there. Yeah. And I considered it a nuclear prayer like <laughs> this is my nuclear bomb man we're going we're going hard today yeah <laughs> and i'll tell you what i was so moved um and then right in the middle of that cemetery was this beautiful crucifix made out of cement and and i went and i took um uh, all that i was carrying that day and i placed um probably just more visually for me than anything a rock at the foot of the cross mm. and i said lord i put it all right here at the foot of your cross deliver deliver me from evil and um and i'll tell you what miracles like there's been miracles i've done that now twice and that is um a beautiful experience that i've had that i wanted to share with everyone because i think we that also we also all have the ability to to call upon um, those, those people that have intersected our lives, you know, families, friends, relatives, special religious people that may have intersected your life. And they're all up there, you know, in heaven and, and can pray for us, even if they're not in heaven, even if they're in purgatory, they can pray for us. We pray for them. They pray for us. Is this weird, Father Brandon, that I did that? Or is that like, uh, okay? No, that's great. Oh, that's good. I'm talking about you're excommunicated, Dusty. That's it. Like, Come that's on. good. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. No, those are all, yeah, asking uh, for people to pray for you. Yeah, going to cemeteries. Uh, you're such a Catholic, Dusty. So uh, asking yeah. people to pray. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that is Catholic stuff at its best. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it was something that I discovered years ago, sort of simply when I would pray the rosary, I would pray for the souls i would pray that rosary and offer it up for the souls in, in, mm -hmm. in purgatory perhaps people who had been in my family sometimes very specific yeah. people sometimes just whole classes of people um and and i found that all of a sudden that that power 
of that rosary prayer just amplified, right? It's big. And um, and the other thing, too, that I've learned in, in sort of a roundabout way, I've come to understand that this is actually something that is a teaching as well, is when I'm suffering, when I see something that makes me suffer, reminds me of, 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 of a trauma in my life, instead of letting it be painful, I turn around right immediately and I go, you know, Lord, you know how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling this sadness. I'm feeling this trauma. But I'm offering up this trauma. I'm offering up this sadness, this suffering for somebody else who may be suffering so that they suffer less. It could be a soul in purgatory. It could be someone here on earth. And I started to notice that almost like this, I don't know, magic eraser or something. Um, when I would be reminded of that, of that pain and I would find myself praying again, Oh, you know, I just saw something that reminded me of this painful experience or, or, or of losing someone or, or whatever, that it started to, that the pain started to subside like quickly and, and then later I saw a presentation by a priest who said, you know, that's a very Christ-like thing to do. Like you're suffering for somebody else. And I, and I just, yeah, you're offering up. And that's such a huge, that's like a huge stumble upon thing that I came across. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? And don't just give me like a one, oh yeah, that's cool answer. I want to know like what <laughs> deep, do you really that think Franciscan of that? Yeah, contemporary. Uh... <laughs> that Padre Pio old wisdom. Enigmata. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, I can't be something I'm not. Um... <laughs> you can't be in two places at once. <laughs> you, you have some wisdom to share there, even as a toddler priest, sure. right? The, the power of sure. offering up suffering for someone else. No, I mean, that's uh, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, because, you know, the, the phrase is right. You know, when you're when you're going through something or something hurts or whatever, people say, offer it up. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> great. But what does that mean? You know, and until you kind of experience it in very uh, in a well articulated manner, as you did right to to suffer and to give that suffering to God for another's good. And I, you know, what I've come to make, how I've tried to make sense of that is, um, uh, we, we, we don't look for suffering, but we look to offer our sufferings to God. Right. And when we take on a suffering, uh, that we don't have to and offer it to God, that makes us like Jesus. Mm. Right? That's what Jesus did on the cross. Right. He took on a suffering that he didn't have to, uh, you know, he said, father, uh, take this cup from me right yeah. <laughs> uh not but then he but then he said not my will right but your will be done and he was able to go through all that passion all that shame all that suffering uh all that detriment right all that pain right for us right offered up to god for us and we can do the same thing right we're not christ but we're christ-like we're made in the image and likeness of god and we too can offer our sufferings to god and I think it's uh, like what you're saying, too. It's good to be very intentional about God. Here's the suffering. I give it to you for whatever, you know, your needs, whatever your intentions, if it's a child, if it's a mother, if it's a coworker, if it's yourself, whatever it is. So there you go. That's my two cents. Do they do they <laughs> teach you? Do they teach you stuff like this, uh, Father, when you're going through seminary? Or is this something you just kind of learn along your along the way? as a as a catholic 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, you don't, there's no class in the seminary on how to offer, how to offer up your suffering, right? That's more <laughs> like uh, something that comes in the, <laughs> that's something that comes in the school of life, you know, like, uh, true, which I think is one thing like, uh, you know, in some ways, uh, it, it seemed bad. Like, so I didn't start religious life until I was 29. And I wasn't ordained to the priesthood until I was uh, 43 years old. 42 years old and in some ways i thought like oh look at all these years i missed or i was too late or something but like in in god's plan you know uh, i needed those extra years to have those experiences right to yeah. to not just be able to tell someone to offer it up but to have experienced it in my own life <laughs> and to understand what it means and have to and 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 to have been able to make sense of it um yeah are, are really great gifts well i thank you Father Brandon Burke for coming on the show. And again, hoping looking forward to the Brother Hut podcast. You guys back from a little hiatus with you and Brother Vinny. So check that out. The Brother right. Hut podcast. Excited to hear it. Thank you once again. It's been too long. It's been too long. Let's not do another six months without being on the episode. Uh, <laughs> well, loved your so, tips thanks, guys. that we got. Uh, there's actually something called the Monk Manual that they're selling now. Uh, it's called the Monk Manual. And it's something like that, like a journal contemplative mm -hmm. style. So your tips, I'm going to take them and I'm going to utilize them. I want to get deeper into that. And again, this got yeah. me this, this whole subject on prayer i think it filled up the whole episode because we're going to do another thing but we're like you know what let's just stay on prayer because it's so deep it's so rich especially yeah. and then shia uh coming with talking about silence and and i read the book from cardinal sarah or sarah whatever you want to call it it's called um si like silence or the power of silence mm. great book so again thank you and i think this is a very timely and much needed talk on contemplative prayer so uh dusty any last words you want to say to brother brendan burke uh brother brandon has been one of the most i don't mean to embarrass you brother or father sorry um <laughs> but you've been one of the most powerful beautiful additions to my life in the last few weeks since uh, roger introduced me to you you were at, at my home you you blessed my home um you, you you are such a humble quiet man of god and and i I can't wait to have you back on because you know what? We got to do a whole show on Padre Pio. Yeah. We got to, we got to talk about Padre Pio and, and uh, you know, the stigmata, for example, and, and Crazy. Uh, even St. Francis of Assisi yeah. who, whose wounds appeared during an angelic vision. We touched a little bit about yeah. that with Padre Pio, but there's, there's so much stuff. I'm so fascinated by the stig, the stigmatics, um, so you know, start start getting ready. We we want to have you back and talk about that that kind Definitely, of stuff. It's man. tangible, and that's one of the things we'd like to do on our on our podcast is to make our faith as tangible as possible to the everyday man or the person who maybe doesn't know some yes. of these you know deeper spiritual uh, tools and things that we have in our faith. Um, so the we ordinary come back lady, and, yeah, yeah. Will you come back and talk to us about some of those things? Yeah, well, you know, my my dream would to be combined the uh, the geekdom, right? We're all waiting for the Shia LaBeouf movie to be released in the theaters in the states. So hopefully, we can see the movie. Yeah, right. Rate the movie and talk about Padre Pio. Definitely the faith, review the, the movie and the geekdom. Definitely yeah. review so, it. Yeah, I can't cool. wait. Yeah. All right, once again, thank you guys all for listening. Um, Spotify, Apple, please rate, follow, share. 
Share us around with your friends. This has been Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. God bless. Godspeed.